0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Sunny's going to be checking in with Dr. Alessandra Duke. And the two of them will be chatting about how to get things done while in low gear, as well as spotting the difference between self care and self sabotage. And now we welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke.
1: And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday, so that means I'm one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Yay. And Yay. I just have to say that after all these years, I still love the intro music. Avicii never gets old to me, so <laughs> I'm
2: glad that it's he's good. Love it. It's good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so every Friday, Sunny in Seattle is here bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And you can always get access to the show archives if you want to go back and listen or didn't catch the show live. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find out more about me and connect with me for coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, I think you have a website as well. A couple, actually.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, people can go to my website, alessandraduke.com. And it's a good time to go there because I, I created a free downloadable guide. So if you go to my website, alessandraduke.com, you can download this new thing that I created. And I'm really, really proud. What kind of it. What's a guide? What it's is the guide come. to? It's it's called, um, like, it's five steps to live, like, get out of your own way and live a life you feel awesome about. So it just takes people through five different steps of working through fear, figuring out what's going on with their thoughts, and then taking some action on what they're wanting to do. Because this is what my clients are always asking me about. So I just created like a quickie guide so that you don't even have to work with me to get started. You can start doing things in your life right now. So it's it's just a really cool guide. I had a designer help me put it together. So I feel really proud of it. And if you go and you Give me the, you know, you just enter your email address and, and download it and it will automatically sign you up to my, um, newsletter, my mailing list. But, um, you know, you don't even have to stay on my mailing list. You can unsubscribe. Just get the download.
1: <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going there right product. now. To check it out. AlessandraDuke.com. Oh, yeah. And
2: there Please, should be a little pop-up see. that comes. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Come on, interwebs. Well, oh, okay, there we
1: gosh.
2: go. Oh, and I see you.
1: Phil. Yeah oh nice yes. okay so it check just... out the free offering i love Wait. that you're
2: doing this a lot <laughs> right I now know. people if anyone <laughs> doubted sunny was a supportive amazing friend this is the <laughs> evidence <laughs> oh and you know oh well actually
1: let's check in with benny benny what's going on with you
0: Good morning, <laughs> oh, <my laughs>
1: just a little bit of that
0: yeah
2: how are we Oh, how are you doing, Benny? <laughs> We're
0: good. I'm awesome.
2: <laughs> any any new developments that you want us to know about? Uh,
0: not so much. The kids are our first full week in their third grade year, so uh, things are looking pretty good. We signed one of them up for soccer, too, so yeah, that's good. We're going to get a little yes. guy to run around. Burn all out of his energy, and then the other one can just sit there and watch. Uh... <laughs> now, was that their
1: choice? They one of them said, "I want to one... do
0: soccer," and the other one said, "I don't really want to do soccer." After last year's baseball season, it turned up to be like, "Dad, I don't want to play anymore," and then the other one, said like, oh. Dad, I still want to play." So it's like, you know, all right. So I got one in, one out. So I was like, "Well, you're not going to do nothing. <laughs> <It's like laughs> you, you're going to do something." So, yes.
2: And gonna... then, how, remind us how old they are again, eight, Benny?
0: Eight and a half. They'll be nine in January.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, I love that age. That is an amazing age.
0: This is definitely full on molding age.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. Be very oh, careful, Benny. No, no. Say, it's
0: you- a lump of clay. It's perfect.
1: Are you <laughs> molding them into mini bennies? Yeah, they already are. Of Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Oh, so great. Yeah about well, it. cool yeah. anything else i mean do we have any questions for him alessandra oh, I don't know. this around? time around you know we did like our <laughs> questions for benny series for a little while
2: yeah it's okay well, if you need to take a hiatus
0: from that that's, that's totally like just... fine by me
2: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome benny uh, you know okay. we're just like what's happening it's fine it's all good <laughs> yeah you have any like you have any updates in your love life that listeners like that
0: uh yeah. i had he a little it. connection on a uh, bumble for a minute and then uh the little fishy kind of you know nibbled away and then bye-bye so uh it's all good i'll throw, mm-hmm. I'll throw the line back out there it's all fine i was using the wrong... <laughs> apparently i was using the wrong bait so whatever
1: yeah <laughs> i'm okay with I don't it even, i don't even know what you use for online bait these days but... i can't tell
0: you
1: that.
2: <laughs> what does secret. one use my special formula okay yeah. keep us posted well, thanks for the update, Penny. Okay, I have um, to. Oh, it's marshmallows.
0: Ah, it's just it's, it's way it uh, is. <laughs>
1: you know, don't know, Chase is working out at Hog Island Oyster Company now, and he is an oyster farmer. If you didn't know, those were no a kidding. thing. It's a thing. That's it's amazing. amazing. I know. I just love it. He's so happy. We actually went out. Um, we had some friends visiting over Labor Day weekend um special dear friends from Texas who came in and so we did a field trip out to Hog Island and we actually got to see Chase in action because they've got a couple of restaurants out there and so we you know got the full experience but it was so fun to see Chase in action. He could not be happier. But the whole reason I bring that up is because They have, if you haven't been out to Hog Island, of course, we're in Petaluma, California, but Hog Island is in Marshall. That's just 20 minutes, and it's right on this beautiful bay called Tamales Bay. And uh, they have this, and it started as like just two dudes who wanted to farm oysters in this beautiful bay, and now it has grown into this huge company that is very focused on sustainability and treats their employees and the environment really well. It's just a really special place. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, they have this setup where if you come out to eat at their picnic place where you can barbecue oysters and have, you know, wine and a picnic and all the things, you can actually watch them bringing the oysters in and sorting them. So you get to see exactly what happens to what is on your plate. And uh, (laughs) yeah, and so people can come up and ask questions and Chase, in his first week, working there of course there are a lot of tourists who come from all over the place now and even internationally to see this uh company and a woman came up and was like so how do you catch the oysters and chase was kind of like didn't really know at this point how to respond to that one of the dudes who's working with him next to him just looked over at her and with a completely straight face said with peanut butter and she was like (laughs) oh okay (laughs) <laughs> wow. You don't catch oysters with wow. peanut butter. <laughs> just... that is if you a know lot. his
0: personality
1: and his humor, I could totally see him pulling that mm. off. Yes. I mean, that's, it really is. They've got, there are a couple of them that have their, they get along pretty well on their crew. But anyway, so, Benny, maybe try peanut butter. Uh Well, or we'll go back get. to uh
0: the natural aphodisiac. Uh You know, <laughs> it sounds like uh, he's in the right area for maybe, you know, so. barbecuing up for you too. <laughs> I, I
1: know. I know. It's so crazy. Most of the oysters <laughs> in the, that they get little seed oysters. Now we're getting a little lesson on oysters. Little did you know that would happen on Sunny yeah. and south. wow, Sunny,
2: thank <laughs> you. <laughs> they used,
1: to import not import well they would bring in the little seed oysters the little babies from um Puget Sound which of course is where we moved from Chase grew up in Seattle in Puget Sound yet he had never had an oyster in his life until we moved here to California which is not the oyster capital wow. of the world
0: yeah. so <laughs> so did he give it a little jar of peanut butter just a little baby jar, just, a just little, to kind of little, coax little it little
1: out jar yeah exactly but no he's actually now they will just you know grab them while they're out on the bay and uh just pop an oyster and eat it although they do have a beautiful filtration system so while you can eat them straight out of the bay they do cold water filtration to make sure they're nice and clean before they go onto your plate they are scrumptious i am Um, loving
2: this oyster lesson okay so that's your oyster lesson (laughs) for today for the day (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh, okay. So, <laughs> anything else, Benny? Before we let you go to do all the no, other. No, I'm gonna things be shucking through? and jiving this way. <laughs> hey! Oh! <laughs> hey! Ending on a high note on yeah, that. All right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'll be over here. Thanks.
1: Benny. <laughs> okay. So, Alessandra, I know we had we have some things on the on the agenda for today, but you know, what? Yes. I didn't even tell you this, but I thought this might be a good thing to start with because um, we don't really do book reviews. I mean, we're doing oyster mm-hmm. lessons. So why not do a book? <laughs> review? But I had recommended to Alessandra for anyone out there, um, kind of my guilty pleasure on reading when I'm not, not, you know, studying up for whoever's going to be on the show. I love memoirs. Um, and one of the latest ones I've been reading that came out in April of this year is called, maybe you should talk to someone. And it's about a therapist, her therapist, and Um, all of the, um, I guess, awakening that ensued when a therapist went to therapy for the first time, really, for in-depth therapy for her own issues that was triggered by a breakup. So, um, I recommended this book to Alessandra because, you know, given that she is a psychologist and a coach of sorts, um, yeah, you got, you're got you kind of like the hybrid model. Yes. I thought you would enjoy <laughs> this. So I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Um, but I wanted to actually ask Alessandra, you know, they talk a lot. I have to say, coming from a coaching background um, and, you know, law, which is not really related to any of that, kind of, I mean, I guess they're called counselors. Yeah, yes. But and they help people. <laughs> they do, yes, yes. Usually not in the best of times either. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in listening to this book and hearing this particular therapist, um, she went to med school first and then she was a journalist and then she went back to school to become a um, um, a therapist to do psychology, not psychiatry because I thought she would end up in psychiatry having gone to medical school. Anyway, so hearing her talk about therapy versus other other forms of counseling other forms of and she doesn't really talk about coaching Mm -hmm. but it was a much different perspective and I was I would just want to ask you Alessandra yeah what what from your perspective what's the difference between therapy and coaching
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting I mean there's a lot there's a lot of different ways to kind of look at it and one of the things that I hear people say a lot um Is that you know? Therapy is all about spending time in your past, and coaching is about moving you forward. And I think that's a that's a little bit of a a real simplified view because therapy is also about moving you forward, right? Mm -hmm. It's like there's that that is in essence what you're what you're trying to do um, with clients. And so I think it's like you know what I've seen in my own practice is you know therapy is really really al- aligning with the client and being in some ways, um, you know, what I like to call like sitting at the bottom of the well with mm-hmm. clients, right? Like we are we are in this together. I'm aligning with you. I'm aligning with your story, trying to understand how that feels for you, what that means for you, right? And kind of um, eventually moving out of that place. And there's so many different types of therapy. I mean, I think that unless you're in the field, don't really realize like there's so many, um, so many different theories and fields of thought. But then I think with coaching, we're not necessarily aligning with everything that the client is saying and with their story and sitting in the, like, what does that mean for you? Or, you know, where is that coming from? Right. So for me, it's, you know, when I'm in um, coaching mode, I'm really challenging most of what they're saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, any, any kind of story I'm like, of course the story feels important. It's your story. But my task is to really challenge that, that kind of thought. And, um, you know, and it is to, um, I know that a lot of coaches don't even really bother going into the past stuff. They are more, you know, focused on like, what are what's happening for you right now? And what do we need to shift in order for you to just kind of keep going? So I guess that's a very long answer <laughs> to say, um, you know, that like the, the differences can be, can be subtle, there's some overlap. But I think really what I said, what I think is like, it's really it coaching is really challenging, all of all of these thoughts that clients are coming to you with and not necessarily being sitting at the bottom of the well, right? It is like being at the top of the well, pulling them back up, right? And not aligning with being at the bottom of the well. Does that make sense? Yes,
1: it does. And I think because I just would take in my coaching tradition, of course, Martha back is, is the primary teacher that I have learned from in that regard, um, and the d- the way that she described it, I remember when we were going through coach training, um, was that you know if you are ill, you go to a doctor. If you are well, but you want to go to high performance, you go to a personal trainer. In the same way, if you are not quite mentally there to baseline where you need to be, whether or not that is some type of a, a psychiatric disorder or a mood disorder or something, or just not you know not doing so well you would go to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, something like that for mm-hmm. therapy. And then if you are doing well, but you have a big goal you want to reach, or you want to just go to high performance and really manage your mind and th- then you would do coaching. But I feel like and reading this book, it has really opened my eyes because I have to tell you, so the woman who wrote this, she has a really interesting background, not just the medical school journalism thing, but she also worked in, um, in Hollywood for a while on some pretty major TV shows and so she's she's a writer by mm-hmm. by heart I think and so her it that shows in this memoir and there are so many subplots to this book and in hearing some of the breakthroughs that she has with her clients and then how that also mirrors her own awakening and I thought oh my gosh I you know I I've done a lot of therapy in my life but this yeah. What she is doing, like one one client in particular that she talks about, oh man, the breakthrough that he has is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. And so I thought, oh, I think I need to revisit. You know, I'm always I want to be a student always. I'm like yeah. maybe I need to go back to school and get my master's in counseling psychology. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it is neat to be able to be kind of in that you know, in that hybrid of both, you know, and I think it's like in, in my own, my own development, it's like, of course I've been like a supportive therapist and I've seen people make like very amazing change in their lives. But I think fusing all that I know with therapy, but adding more coaching components to it have been, that's where I, I have seen the the most transformation from my clients, you know, yeah. is just like, kind of fusing those two together which has been really cool
1: do you kind of think i always think about evolution you know in in terms of what was going on years ago and then what, where we're headed as human consciousness evolves but do you kind of feel like that's where we're going because i kind of well let me just preface this by saying when i have been in therapy before one of the things that always bothered me were how many boundaries the therapist had to have and it felt like to create a secure attachment i'm like i want to know that you're human but there were so many restrictions on what you could know about their lives and how they could interact with you outside of the office and i feel like it's maybe we're going well uh, this is why i ask you the question yeah i ask you the question i'm answering it myself but (laughs) i just wonder if that's kind of where we're going so we have because wasn't wasn't the whole you know the the diagnosed what is it the dsm the Mm
2: -hmm. What is that? Yeah, what That's does that DSM. stand for? Uh, diagnostic stay oh in <laughs> manual. There okay. Sorry. Brain. I didn't mean to
1: put you on the spot, but okay. But it was based on a model of illness. And now we've got like schools of positive psychology at university of Pennsylvania that talks about what makes people well. And then beyond what makes people well, how do we manage these minds that we're given? And that's kind of where coaching or Byron Katie's work comes in that yes. kind of a thing. So maybe it's going to this big meld where, we are not just focusing on how not to be ill, but we're now going toward how do we be well? And then you've got coaching mm-hmm. and therapy together to really just, you get, you're hitting it on all fronts.
2: Yes. Yeah. And so it's the diagnostic and statistical manual. <laughs> yes. That's Mental it. Disorders. Yes. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, the, the DSM and things like that. I've, I've had, I've had a hard time with that. Even, you know, throughout my training as a psychologist, it's been like, I, I, you know and and in my training we got a lot of information on positive psychology which does take a little bit of a different spin on all of it right okay. and looking at what is what is right with you and what is going well and how do we play to those strengths so that's mm-hmm. like a different approach which you know was also infused in my training but i think like with things like the dsm i've always you know sometimes those diagnoses can be helpful in that it, you know, for certain types of diagnoses, it offers people um, some information on how to begin treating that or, you know, that we see symptoms across the board that all kind of match these criteria. And so it, it kind of like allows us to form, you know, a treatment plan and things like that. But the downside is that it's really looking at, yeah, what's, what's not going right for people. And that sometimes people can end up living into that diagnosis, right. And saying like, well, I can't do this because I am. And they're, they're identifying with the diagnosis as though that is what they are. That is who they are. And I've always taken issue with that. Right. I've, I've thought, you know, yes, that, that might be part of what's happening for you, but that is not the whole of you. That is not who you are. You are not the diagnosis. So I really, you know, even all throughout my time I've seen clients have really stayed away from that kind of, that, that sort of model of how to look at clients or talk about what's going on with them. Because, you know, even now in doing more coaching work, it's like, well, you could just say, oh yes, this person has an anxiety disorder or something like that. Or we could say, I think it sounds like you've got a mismanaged mind. Let's look yes. at some of your thoughts. There's nothing wrong with you, right? Yeah. Of course, if these symptoms persist, you know, more than two weeks, all this feels out of your control. You you do need to see a professional. And that that could be what's, you know, what's happening is a legitimate disorder. But I think that that um that sometimes there's just like a disservice done for clients when they are just like living into that too much. And I think that I think that coaching can can help to maybe look at it just a little bit differently and see how much of that is actually in your control and how much of it can we move forward. So anyway, yeah, a little, well, it, little it, side it note me, about the DSM. <laughs>
1: no, 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 I, and I like that because it also makes me think um, of it, in a, I guess a parallel to that, our bodies and epigenetics. So if we now know that we have, you know, genes are just like a blueprint. So it's just like you have a, a blueprint for your home. But until you actually get a builder on it and start doing things, the blueprint doesn't do anything. And so the same way with our genes, you can upregulate them, turn them on, or I guess the opposite would be downregulate, or they don't come on. So if we have the capacity through our own, um, I guess, lifestyle and nutrition and through um, power of positive thought, all of those things change our genes, which there's a lot of evidence out there, research to back that up. Why would we not be empowered also to change our mental condition as
2: well? Right. Yeah.
1: What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think that there is like it, it's 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 a spectrum, right? So it's like some people have it within their um, their capacity to be able to shift that, right? Okay. And so I do think that there, you know, that there is there is something when we're talking about you know, in coaching, kind of rewiring the brain or being able to create different neural pathways to be um, uh, thinking, you know, thinking, what am I trying to say here, to be thinking differently or getting your mind to work a little bit differently. And I think that that's very much a possibility to really change change your course and trajectory in that way. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like minimize that there are some you know some ways that the mind works that can be genetically acquired and that there's no amount of thought work that's gonna unhinge some of these types of things that are happening for people right when we're talking about your levels of serotonin and dopamine and and i wonder if people still in that in that kind of argument might you know might say that that's even within capacity to change right i don't i don't know i mean i I think it's just, I think it's interesting conversation though. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay. I
1: didn't even mean to take us down that rabbit hole that far. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there we are. Yeah, there we are. Okay. Well, actually, and I think that segues well into one of the other things we were going to talk about. I know we're getting close to a break. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny jump in if you want us to take a break now versus after we kind of get started. Oh, it's up to you ladies. It doesn't matter to me. I'm queued up what no matter what. So. You want to, Alessandra, you want to take a break before we switch gears or do you want to?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a break and then okay. let's we'll come back and chat about our topic of the day.
1: That sounds perfect, which was yeah. not therapy versus coaching. have a couple oysters coaching. while we're at it too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your first Friday hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we'll see you after a few.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.
1: Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines
0: A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the
1: Ad Council.
2: Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, eleven fifty.
1: Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. <laughs> I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. <laughs> yes, thank you, Penny. How'd you pick that one? Oh, what do you mean, how? I just I, mean, I, you, I go with the
0: flow. You do.
1: So good. It's all so, so good. I like <laughs> Oh, I am trying to remember the last time I heard that song that's but I definitely recognize it.
0: Your old club and oh, days back in the day?
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh so last goodness.
2: Week. Funny, did you have club and days? <laughs> oh, um, oh, you're good.
1: I had many club and days, I knew yes. It. It. I, <laughs> I liked myself a good rave.
2: <laughs>
1: and of course then it became the Sahara tent at Coachella, but that's been that's been years.
2: Oh, I love uh, I love, it. I love what that. What about you? Um I mean, it was very brief. It was like, and I, I don't think it was regular club. You know, like I've never really gone to clubs. You know, that's never been my nice. Me or Alessandra? Hello?
1: Did we lose uh, you? You dropped for a second and oh. I thought it was me. Sorry. She went silent on my end for a minute. Sorry.
2: Oh, am I, can you hear me? I can yes, we're okay. all good. Okay, so what were you? So- please? Perfect. <laughs> oh no, that there was not really clubbing for me. You know, like it, <laughs> there was some, there was some really ridiculous dancing times, um, <laughs> but we were a lot of fun. But no, none
0: of that. Are you sure? Fun. There's no like, you know, this doesn't remind you of anything <laughs> in
2: particular. This does ring What? This, does bring this, this might bring it back. Come on. How can it not? <laughs> I love it. I
1: love it. That's it. That's it. Uh, so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So on to our, on to our actual topic that were the couple things that you and I had planned to talk about today, yeah. Alessandra. Um, and I think it's actually good where we were talking about therapy versus coaching because, oftentimes, we want those tools in our life or that assistance when we are in low gear. But sometimes we have periods of like more temporary low gear, like we're talking about this week. I had some low gear this week. Um, So what does low gear mean for you, Alessandra, and then we can kind of dive into this, like what we need to to go into low gear.
2: Well, because we started this off by, you know, just thinking like, okay, there was maybe a week for you, you had some stuff going on. And like, it just felt like you were feeling a little bit off. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, things have been just, um, there's just been some challenges going on on my my side of the street. And so um, it it has required me to shift into that low gear. And when I think about that, it is um, considering what, you know, because, I mean, let's face it, like, life throws all kinds of hurdles our way, right? We're kind of cruising along and then all of a sudden there's this, you know, maybe a big stressful thing happens or something's happening and happening in your relationship or something's happening with your business or, you know, whatever it is, um, that's, that's maybe got you down or, um, just like emotion, just feeling maybe less than yourself. Um, yeah. so for me, I have to think about, okay, when I am feeling those ways, which I do, um, anybody who knows me well knows that, that, ha- that, happens for me i think people who do not know me as well think that i'm just kind of always pretty feeling pretty good yeah yeah <laughs> so um and pretty motivated and ready to take action and so when i do need to go in into that like lower gear i think of it as what can be my bare minimum right that thing the thing that i can do to still to still be you know taking care of the things in my life and not totally shutting down or something like that, but really like what looking at my schedule and thinking, what is it that, that is possible to clear off my plate or anything that I really wanted me to have done in, in that week, really looking at it and thinking, how can I bring the most ease to this particular thing? Right. How can Mm -hmm. I just make it not hard if I, you know, if I still am wanting to get it out or still wanting to get it done or, um, having that compassion with myself. Like, and I think it's, I think it's different, um, different than just sort of unconsciously saying, eh, I'll work on it tomorrow. I don't feel good today, but really being intentional and looking at all that you'd like to accomplish and thinking, okay, like this particular thing, it is possible for this to wait to get done in, in two days. I'm going to go ahead and give myself that grace, and I'm committing to doing that in two days. You know, just being a little bit more intentional rather than just kind of pushing stuff aside and watching Netflix.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I think we we had this conversation because this is what I've learned about myself, and I fought it for the longest time. And honestly, this week, i found myself right back in that place where i was uh there was like fear and like oh my gosh is this is this going to last forever but what i've learned about myself is that i go through um cycles of where i'll have you know some really good inspired days
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i like to take action i like it's inspired action that's when i like to take action but what i found and i don't know i think sometimes it relates to um, whether I have been treating my body well, you know, like getting enough sleep, eating the right things, not over drinking, all of this stuff. i it could be that, or it can be, sometimes I have found that it corresponds to astrological stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. but it's, I, there maybe every, every quarter or so I will have a period of like three or four days where man, I am dragging and it is, I, I did a Facebook live about this, gosh, it's probably been, it was last fall when I was doing my challenge for myself. Cause I mean, I had to show up yeah. every day yeah. that was awesome. like it, it ended up being like a hundred days. And so even when I wasn't feeling, I mean, the last thing that I want to do when I am in my bear, I, I did a Facebook live on bare minimum days.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the last thing I want to do is be on Facebook when that happens. But I, notice that I do have like three or four days once a quarter where I am just dragging. I am not inspired. Even if I treat my body right, even if I do all the things I'm in this state of just meh. I like, I just don't know what what to do except to just be in the meh. And to know that if I am patient and kind with myself, that it will lift just kind of like, um, you know, a cork, if you submerge it underwater, it will naturally rise back to the top once it's not being forced down anymore. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels that, that my being or my energy will naturally rise again. But for those bare minimum days, that is literally what I do. Um, This week is a good example. And thank goodness it was part holiday week because it Mm -hmm. corresponded well with that. Or maybe it was because of that. I don't know. But um, yeah, I do the very bare minimum like emails that have to be responded to things that um, appointments that I do not want to, you know, if I have clients, of course, I will not cancel that. But, you know, if there are if there are like if there's a networking thing that I was 50 50 on going to or something, if I'm not feeling it, I don't go. Because I also think, and I don't know about you, Alessandra, this is part of this topic that intrigues me. Um, and I do have to share that before I got on the the show today, um, fortunately this morning when I woke up, I feel like back to me. Um, but uh, one of the things that I listened to this morning was um, Tosha Silver, who was a guest uh, August 9th on the show. And she is currently offering a two-week trial of her Outrageous Living Outrageous or uh, Living Outrageous Openness Forum. Um, I've been a member off and on for years now. I love love her work, but I just decided to jump in and see, what is she up to these days in the forum? And I'm so glad I did. And the first thing she said for this week's call, I was listening to the recording, and it was this Hafez quote, this place where you are, God circled on a map for you. And I'll just say that again. This place where you are, God circled on a map for you. And it just reminded me that even on the bare minimum days, This is where we are. It is circled on the map for us by whatever you want to call it, source, your higher self, God, all of the above. And I was just reminded that it's okay to be in the bare minimum days. And now I totally digress myself. What was I? Oh, yes, this is it. Okay. So this (laughs) is the difference between Tosha to me and so some other teachers that you and I both follow. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm curious how you handle this because (laughs) when I'm in my like fly, like whatever high flying disc, if you want to quote Abraham Hicks or tapped in, tuned in, turned on, that's another Abraham Hicks. Like, you know, that feeling like when you're in total flow, I notice that when I take action in that state, things happen easily and effortlessly. Mm -hmm. So it makes me not want to do any of the important things when I'm having a bare minimum day because I feel like the energy with which I do it does not get the results that they're not easy and effortless and it's just not it's like forcing a uh, square peg round hole type of a situation yes so you've got people like Tosha that to me are all about offering and taking inspired action when the moment strikes you Martha is very much like this Martha Beck because having dealt with you know, she's asymptomatic now, but her fibromyalgia and all kinds of other physical disorders, she's been very open about suffering from anxiety and depression at various points in her life. Like there are days when she, I learned bare minimum stuff from her, you know, only taking turtle steps. Like what is the smallest possible step you can take on any given day on your very worst day. Now take that step and divide it in half and only do that. (laughs) Like, so Mm -hmm. she's created quite a career and a, and a life based on that. But then, then you like contrast that to someone like Brooke Castillo, who we talk about on this show. Yep. And I kind of feel like it seems almost like it doesn't matter what kind of bare minimum a day she's having. If it's on her calendar, she shows up and does it, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's created quite a life and a career out of that. So I just, my, like, I think one of the questions of my lifetime this time around is, where does, where do I fall on that spectrum and what kind of a life and a career will I create based like, how often will I allow myself to only take the inspired action and have those bare minimum days? And how often will I still show up and push like motivated action versus inspired action?
2: Okay. So that was like a
1: really roundabout way of asking you, where do you fall on that spectrum (laughs) and how do you handle that?
2: Oh man. It's like, I, I, I just so see what you're saying, right? Because there's like a couple of different camps here. And I, I think it's, I think that both kind of can, maybe, you know, I'm always shades of gray. I'm like a hybrid in every single thing Uh in my life. So I'm thinking like, I think you really have to know what kind of person you are, because there are plenty of people that will say, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing bare minimum. I'm not inspired today. I'm going to wait until I'm inspired. And then they use that as a way to not take any action. Right. And so I think that if you know that you're someone like that and you end up kind of sabotaging your efforts because you're waiting for this perfect moment when you're inspired that, that I just think you've got to know that about yourself, that maybe it's like, okay, even if I'm not inspired today, this particular thing is on my calendar what part of that can I take care of that doesn't require that I necessarily feel inspired, right? For example, it's like, if I'm trying to create a sales page for a new program that I'm offering, like, sure, I want to envision all of the beautiful things that this program is going to offer. And I want to get creative and make something beautiful. But if I, if my brain is just not in creative, then I might, you know, ask myself, well, what's one thing, a small step you can still take that is just kind of a, uh, my brain doesn't even really have to, to show up in a creative way. Right. So it's like, I could create a registration page where people sign up to pay the money, you know, uh-huh. that doesn't, that doesn't require, require inspired action. That just requires like, I could have Netflix on in the background and still yes. keep getting something done. So I think for me, I, I kind of have to go in between the two because Um, I want myself to still show up and I can, I know that for me, I can use fear or that feeling of inspiration as a reason not to get things done. But I do, I do really take advantage of, um, I, I can trust and know that if I'm feeling off for a few days, the inspiration will come. I've gotten to know myself in that way. So, um, so I can trust it and I'll know like, okay, maybe in, you know on this particular day, uh, I'll be able to do that that more inspired part. like I'll know that that's coming and then I really take advantage of that, you know, I mean, I'll get a lot done in a short amount of time. yeah um, the other thing, you know, um Kate Northrop, um, oh yeah, she's been Kate, on the show. yeah, oh yeah, has she that's all oh, that's amazing. she so she wrote a book recently, you know on, managing timing and, and getting things done. And she talked a little bit about, I don't know how recently she was on the show, but oh, you know, because she, it was
1: the release of do less. It was this very oh, thing that yes. you're about to talk about. And I'm so glad you bring it up. Cause that was one of the things I forgot to mention a moment ago. <laughs> so yes,
2: do oh, less is <laughs> inspiring to me and you could probably explain it, um, a little clearer, but you know, she talks about getting things done, um, in in going along with your cycle right mm-hmm. with like your menstrual cycle and um and sorry for men that are listening are like wait what <laughs> am I supposed to get things done with my menstrual cycle but just bear <laughs> with me because I think that humans kind of naturally have these t- these types of cycles where we'll kind of be in a more creative phase we'll be in a and then maybe entering a more like settled and kind of nesting phase or a you know a, um she talks Hello. about like four different phases right
1: yeah. Yeah. Can you say it, it, more it makes...
2: about that? So I'm, I'm kind of fumbling
1: on it. No, 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 you aren't at all. No. But <laughs> I mean, especially for the men out there listening, I mean, it's, it's all just cycles of nature. So you think yeah. about nature, we've got the four seasons where part of the year, the land is fallow, where things are dormant, where things yeah. are gestating underneath the ground. Then you've got times where it's, you know, full bloom and the same thing. I mean, even within a 24 hour cycle, we've got ultradian rhythms and circadian rhythms. And uh, it's, it's, you know, nature follows cycles. And of course, women are pretty connected to that in the moon with our menstrual cycle, but men have their own version of these cycles. Mm -hmm. And knowing that if nature has worked pretty well so far for the last however many hundreds of thousands, millions of years, um, that we too can follow that. But that's not the way our culture tells us we should be. So if you want to return like Kate with her, she actually runs a beautiful membership community called Origin Collective for people who want to put this into practice because to step outside of culture and and I mean, you know, it is it is kind of a more toxic masculine model of push, 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 mm-hmm, always, no mm-hmm, matter mm-hmm. what. Um, mm-hmm. That And no, I know we've got a lot of men out there that are embracing more the divine masculine, which is awesome, but culture is still pretty steeped in that model of push push. And so if you are like Alessandra and I and having days that feel a little bit more fallow, (laughs) (laughs) then sometimes you can really punish yourself for not being in that, that, you know, stepping outside of culture to do what feels
2: best for your body and your soul. Yeah, but it's like it's imagine if you were you gave yourself 100% permission to participate in that way and you knew, you know, this particular season or this particular week of the month is your that is your highly creative time, right? Mm-hmm. So then you can kind of plan around it and be like, "Oh man, you know that the first week of the month is when I just create 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 create." And then the second week is maybe you know, maybe like a sitting with it more Then, if you participated, if you participated in that belief, like in that, that nature cycle, you know, looking at, um, monthly, how this can occur, then you don't have to feel so guilty about the follow times, right? right? Because you can trust, like I'm creative a lot of the other times, right? Yeah.
1: And you know that this brings up another interesting little tidbit from another guest, of course, Sarah Landon, who's been on this show many times, and I've, I'm not shy about saying that the wisdom that she brings through from um, her guides, um, that she, you know, she's a, a spiritual channel. I go to her work these days. She's on the top of my vibrational, emotional speed dial list. And one of the things that her guides have said pretty consistently, and I want to, it's, I have toyed with this, but it is really hard to actually put it into practice and trust. But they say that we truly, really only need to take inspired action 3% of the time. I mean, really think about that 3% of the time to easily and effortlessly bring our dreams, the dreams of your heart and your soul to fruition. And
2: that is really (laughs) (laughs) countercultural. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like, I
2: think about with somebody like, you know, Brooke Castillo, who we, you know, we both really enjoy learning from. If we had brought that to her and said, Hey, look, Brooke, I can only, I can only, uh, create 3% of the time. Right? Yeah. Like she, she would be like, uh, absolutely not.
1: But you know what, you know what, the way that she has, I know she took a lot of massive action to get her business where it is. And now she has a large team and everything that she does really, she, I think she says she works like three half days a week right now because mm-hmm. she has a machine in place, which is awesome. So, I mean, technically with the new material that she brings forth, I wouldn't be surprised if that 3% rule really does apply to her now, the way that she talks about what her schedule is like and being able to walk her dogs and all of the things that she does during the day on any given week. Now, I know she had a lot of work to put that into place, but I wonder wonder if this little 3% inspired action rule could actually work. I mean maybe we offer that out. Hey, anybody out there, do you want to apply it? <laughs> yeah, I've been I've dipped my toe in and then I get too scared and I come back to the push push and so it's Yeah. But I you know, it's an evolution and so I think I am much much more apt to follow cycles of nature and my body and the three percent rule than I used
2: to be, but I, I'm not applying it a hundred percent of the time now. Totally. <laughs> well, and I think for me it's like I have to really challenge myself to slow down. You know, I am like I am a massive action kind of person, so yeah. I'm just like You know, I even the business coach I work with, you know, will talk about doing something over the course of a quarter, you know, a a year's quarter, Mm -hmm. and I will have done whatever we're talking about in within a week or two. (laughs) She (laughs) was like, okay, like I can't quite, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm, I just, right away, want to get going. And that's not to say that that's an amazing way to be. And everybody should be like that. I think in some ways I have to remind myself a lot to just like, it is okay if I am not working on this thing 100% of the time. It is okay if I just don't feel good or things are happening in my personal life that I need to tend to and whatever this thing that I'm trying to create doesn't need to get all of my attention all of the time. So I have to really force myself to, to slow down a bit. Um, because I think that those honoring those times when your body is calling for rest, you know, like, um, like you, you, we were kind of texting and you were saying like, there was a little bit of guilt with your, you know, taking, taking a rest, right? And I thought, Oh, that's like the worst thing. Because when you feel guilty about resting, then you don't ever let yourself fully rest. And if that's what your body is calling out for, you just got to go with it. Because if you're in that in-between, then you're not really resting, but then you're not getting anything done. And that's like river of misery kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's interesting. You also bring that up. There's another, um, uh, one of the Martha's master coach instructors who I've continued to follow Abigail Stidley, She's a mind body coach. Um, and this is based on her own experience. She also had a lot of those, um, catch all type diagnoses, you know, chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. She had like a, what's the one that involves your lady parts. There's one that's really painful for women. Anyway, she had that as well. And so she's had to be very gentle and how, but she's had a thriving coaching practice from the beginning mm-hmm. because she does listen to her body and she's running a little seven day challenge right now. I don't even want to call it a, a challenge. It's called seven days of slacker magic. And that's <laughs> like her little term is slacker magic. And she is all about I always wonder, because she and I know, she and Brooke obviously know each other well through Martha's Life yeah. Training School, but um, she is all about slacking toward action basically <laughs> and she said that very thing that when you are resting but your mind is telling you you shouldn't be that is not rest you're like back to bear you're, I'm sorry you're back to baseline like neutral yes. it's a wash it's yes. not a rest it's a wash so you yeah. are not replenished or recharged so yeah for anybody out there who wants to check out Abigail Abigail Steidley S-T-E-I-D-L-E-Y I believe and you can maybe it's not too late to register for her seven days of slacker magic um, and she's she really she's all about giving permission to listen to your body. And she talked about how this past Monday she was coming off of a really hard weekend, their their babysitter, they had to fire the babysitter because she did something bad. and and then her little girl was having all kinds of problems sleeping. And so mm-hmm. hit Monday morning when she had to create an outline for this course that began, I think, midweek this week, she said, I couldn't do it. So she watched Netflix that morning. On Monday morning, she sat down and watched Netflix. and still, the outline got done. It was beautiful. We all showed got up a midweek, and she was energized. And yeah, she's she's a big one. If anybody out there needs permission mm-hmm. to do a little slacker magic, she's a good one for that.
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, there was even this book. I don't know who the author was, um, and actually, I didn't love the book that much, so I won't even. Talk <laughs> Um, But it was really centered around rest. And the point that I did like is that, you know, we think that we want when we want to get something done, we just have to go, 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 go. But there's actually like all of these research studies that show, you know, that your greatest ideas and creativity come in those moments of rest. That you can be intentional and maybe do, you know, two hours of some good work, but it is, it is within those windows of time that you're, and it's not just like resting on the couch, but like, you know, going for a walk, taking a shower, like things like that, where you're actually just being a human in the world, that those are when that is when inspiration is, is able to strike. But I think so often we just think I have to stay in the doing, I have to like, I should be trying to get stuff done. And then And then no creativity is coming, no inspiration is coming. So it's really advisable to like, if you are feeling that way, to rest.
1: I remember learning about this. Actually, Martha, I was listening to a call with her earlier this week. What was that? But anyway, I remember learning this in coach training that Um, that basically we've got these really long neurons. I believe it's on the right side of your brain. And so when you give your brain a a question, um, then it's going to be working in the background. These neurons are going to be like searching for each other, searching, searching, searching for the answer, and they'll connect. But it's in the moments, like you say, of the downtime and the, the example that she gave, and now I'm going to have to, I may have to use the Googles here because I'm forgetting. Mm. Um, it's the Eureka moment and it's basically the discovery of, uh, mass and the way, God, who was it? It was a math, like one of the very earliest mathematicians. Anyway, I'm not going to Google it right now just because I, we are coming up on time, but, um, basically that the question was, Um, How do we calculate mass, I believe? And the way that he discovered it was he'd been thinking on it, thinking on it, thinking on it. And it wasn't until he went to just finally gave up and go take a bath. And when he submerged his body in the water, he realized that the that his body displaced the water. And that was how he came up with the equation for mass, I believe, and I probably, if someone out there is really good at math and the history of math, like (laughs) I have grossly butchered that, but the point being (laughs) that it is in those moments that those neurons, those long neurons can find each other and uh, give you that eureka moment with the solution to your problem that wouldn't come if you were just sitting there with the pencil and hand staring at the page uh, with
2: white knuckles, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. I love it
1: yeah, I can't believe I can't remember who that is. Oh, and we, of course, didn't even touch on the whole, well, do you, can you give two minutes to uh, (laughs) self-sabotage? I mean, self-care becoming self-sabotage?
2: Oh, yes. Well, that's been something that has been a topic with my um, clients more recently, um, where I will, I will notice they're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this self-care, right? I, I wanted to just like eat some macaroni and cheese and watch Netflix, right? And so they do this, which there is nothing wrong with that, right? Let right. me just say that that can be really amazing. But when then the next day it's causing you to be critical of yourself, right? And Or if macaroni and cheese is detrimental to you, like you are dairy intolerant, for example, or you um, maybe have a goal, something that you're working, you know, you're working toward. If it's like whatever it is, if it's you're doing a weight loss goal or you are, you know, you're in the middle of training for something or something like that, that sabotages your, your efforts, right? It's kind of like that instant gratification in the name of self care, which then ends up sabotaging you and ends up feeling more, a little bit more like self harm, you know, so when yes. I have clients that are like, repeatedly coping with their emotions or with their lower feeling times by, you know, eating or drinking a lot and saying it's self care, and then feeling horrible after, yeah, right? it's like, that is not self care, that is yeah. self sabotage, that is self harm. In fact. Yes.
1: And yeah. I've got, I know we've got, we're like right at the end of time. A yeah. quick hack for that is ask yourself what would feel like love and your being will know what feels like love. Sometimes it will be a small thing of French fries, but sometimes, you know, love does not feel like a huge thing of French fries, plus the mac and cheese, plus the cookies, you know? Yes. So what <laughs> yes. would feel like love? What um, would feel like love? I love it. And that. we're at the end of our hour. Uh, so it's been first Friday on Sunny in Seattle. I am Sunny Joy, have been joined by
2: Dr. Alessandra Duke. Thanks for and- having me.
1: Yay, thanks for joining us. And thanks, Benny, for running the board. And uh, the two of us will see you next month, but I will see you next week. All right, bye.